welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today, we are bringing you episode number 11. And I'm flying solo today, and I wanted to share a story of mine. And it's something that I did speak about in detail when I went to India last year. And I often reference my, my talk in India because it was a great opportunity sort of to provide an insight into a couple of journeys that I've had that can be related to effectively anything and anyone and that's what I want to talk to you about today. I believe that whenever there's a good story to tell, particularly when it's based on real life, people can relate to that a lot more than obviously something that's fictional, even though it may be inspiring or motivational. When someone's actually done it, they've stepped in those shoes and walked a certain path to succeed or get a goal or just live a very fulfilling task or path or life, often those stories are the best ones that we can learn from. So today I wanted to talk about my journey to professional status in the world of natural bodybuilding. And I entitled it, when I went to India, I entitled it, It's it's Never Too Late. And that reference was to the point that I didn't become a professional until I was 41 years old. Now, most people... Uh, when they're professional athletes, and you know, obviously we have to be specific about certain sports here because some sports you can go into quite a, a late part of your life still being a professional. But a lot of sports, you're generally retiring in your mid 30s. You know, professional cricketers, rugby league players, union players, most of the contact sports. Some other sports, as I said, you can go further, but most sports generally, people are looking to retire around that mid, early to mid 30 mark, maybe late 30s. Um, and for me, I didn't peak until I was 41. Now, I want to go back to when it all started for me. And, and, and granted, I'd had a fascination for bodybuilding for a long, long time. And I even referenced this in, the, in episode number one where back in high school, in I think it was even year eight, on my school books and on my school folders, I had pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, Lee Haney. Um, all of these icons of the bodybuilding world, purely for the, the, the fact that I was so interested and curious about how they got so big. You know, I, 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 it, it may be slightly um, chauvinistic, not chauvinistic, that's the wrong choice of word, maybe slightly, um, you know, on yourself to a degree that you want to look that big, but I did. Um, and, you know, I, I was obviously very immature at that time. I didn't know any better and I didn't know how to do that. But I thought it'd be cool to have those sort of muscles. You know, that was that that they looked awesome. And and you know, you look at the the path Arnold Schwarzenegger led. And I'm currently reading his book Total Recall. And if anyone wants a really great story to read about someone who has paved a way um, against a lot of odds, I certainly recommend it because he had a lot of battles. He couldn't speak English. He was an immigrant, um, and he made his his fame through bodybuilding. So great read. But anyway, I'm sidetracking. So. I had a very curious um, interest in bodybuilding from a very young age, but I never fulfilled it. I never followed it up. It wasn't a thing back then. Back in Australia, there was no, you know, you'd go to the gym, but the the level of education, understanding around that was just you'd lift as much weight as you can for as often as you can. That's it. That's it. Um, whereas uh, now, obviously, there's a lot more evidence supporting the way you do it, how you do it, um, and all aspects to that. But um, as a, a teenager going through high school and in a private school, rugby union was my sport of choice, As I, again, as I mentioned in episode one. So it wasn't until I was introduced to my coach or personal trainer back then at the age of 35 and got back into it and, and, and realized that, oh, wait, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And I'd often seen clips on the internet or clips on the news about local bodybuilding shows and things like that. And I'm going, wow, how do those guys get so big? I distinctly remember seeing a guy at uni. When I went to uni back in um, the late 90s, I um, shared some classes with a guy and I actually played rugby against him a few times as well. And just over the course of several months, he got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I remember seeing him on the news one night on of the footage of a bodybuilding show that was held in Caloundra. And there he was. And he was massive. Um, and I don't know how he did it, but I thought, how the hell did he do that? Why can't I? So, again, more interest. And the interest never died. It always uh, piqued my curiosity as to how guys 
and girls for that matter, got that big. Well, not just big, but just in shape. So when I met Leon um, and I was introduced to him through my then girlfriend, now wife, um, I knew he was a bodybuilder. He competed. And I basically put it to him after a couple of months of training with him. I said, mate, if you've got room in your team and, you know, there's there's shows coming up, I want to have a go. I want to do this. And um, he said, yep, no worries. So that was the start of it. I just asked the question and before I knew it, I was entering a nine-month prep. Now, nine months is a long, long time to prep. I was carrying a fair bit of weight. Like I was, I think I was peaking at around 96 kilos back then and a lot of it was fat. Like I wasn't overly muscular. I used to, as I mentioned again in episode one, I used to train a little bit, mostly upper body, barely did legs, um, but I didn't know any better. So I entered that nine-month journey at the age of 35, which took me into... Uh, so this was 2014, took me into 2015. So I prepped through Christmas, I prepped through Easter. And we penciled in a couple of shows. The first show that we went to was down in Melbourne, of all places. And it was part of the Melbourne Fitness Expo at the time. So it was an open auditorium, open stage, open lighting. And I didn't know any better. Um, obviously, um, I'd been taught some rough posing and I was doing bodybuilding then too. So again, you can imagine... Uh, how I thought I was going to look, um, but the show was great. It was it was it was such a whirlwind exercise and it's so much fun. And um, you know, for anyone who's competed for the first time, like you don't realise how tough you're actually doing it because the goal is so big and and you're so nervous and so keen to just get to the end that you don't realise how tough mentally and physically it can be, how demanding it is. But I put. Everything on the back burner. Um, at that stage, I before I obviously went to Melbourne throughout my prep, I was studying to be a PT. So I considered this a very big learning curve for me in terms of uh, metabolic adaptation, um, body recomposition, and obviously general weight loss. Because obviously I dropped, I think it was about 17 kilos in that period to get to a very, very lean condition. So I went down to Melbourne um, with a small crew and obviously Leon and they were running for the first time, a first timers division in the bodybuilding, in men's bodybuilding. I thought, oh great, that's perfect, that's me. You know, I'll be on a level playing field with everyone else. Um, I'll be just as gumby as everyone else and I'll be able to at least be somewhat competitive because no one else has competed before. So I think there was only five in the division, the men's first timers. I also did novice as well, um, which is your first year of competing. And jumped up on stage and I look back at the photos now and man, my posing was awful. Um, I nailed my most muscular, which is my back then my most favorite pose, but all my other ones, my side tricep was awful, um, my abdominals was awful, my um, what else, side chest was average. Um, look, it wasn't the greatest thing and you know I just hadn't spent enough time posing. I hadn't spent enough time understanding how my body worked in regards to posing. But I did it anyway, um, and I was a full believer of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because I'd never been on stage in front of that many people before. Like this was an open hall with a lot of people, thousands and thousands. A lot of them were watching the bodybuilding show. So got called out, did my thing, um, and I placed fourth out of fifth. So look, I beat someone, which was kind of cool. And I was pretty happy with that. Like my condition was, looking back, I was pretty conditioned. I was diced. But um, I wasn't big. I had no legs. Um, I was relatively small compared to the other guys who clearly had spent a lot more time in the gym than me prior to that. Um, and I placed fourth in the novice division as well. So I walked away with two fourths, which is fine. Like I was, I was happy with that. And it gave me a taste. So I knew moving forward, I wanted to continue. I didn't want to throw in the towel. I didn't think, oh, this was crap. I don't want to do this anymore. How embarrassing. No, I really enjoyed it. So... The following week, I ended up going to Sydney and doing a show in Sydney. Now, this was the the actual nationals um, through ICN, and I didn't realize the caliber um, of athlete that was going to attend there because um, you basically could win a, an Australian title. Now, I did novice, men's novice, and I did men's open. And, and back then, they had classes, and I, they still do this today, and it all depends on numbers. So I was class three, being the tallest of the classes. So I did men's novice first. And um, I got a call out, and they were actually calling me out to competing against another guy to decide fifth place. So they decided the top top 
four, and they were looking at fifth. It was between me and another guy. So we had to do a, a rotation of um, muscular poses um, on our own while the others just sat back on the back line. So went through it all again, and lo and behold, I, I jagged fifth spot, and again, I put that down to my condition. I, I was not... I hadn't improved in a week, put it that way. There's no way you can put on significant muscle in a week, but I was able to... Um, Hold my own and jag a fifth. So that was pretty cool. Fifth in novice and nationals, pretty good. I went into the men's open class three. Now, there was only three guys in this one. So I was going to finish top three no matter what. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and do better than just that. And fortunately for me, I did. I managed second and I was pretty happy with that. Like, you know, small field, but... Not everyone tackles an open class. Every, a lot of people are quite fearful of the open class because of the caliber of athlete that does an open class. Now, I didn't know any better at the time. I just did it for the sake of doing it. But I got a second. So I got a second in open class. I'll, I'll take that any day. Yeah, considering that was my second show, not a problem. So I walked away with a second and a fourth. I was pretty happy with that. I then went on to Townsville. Now, this is one of my most favorite shows. Anyone who's done the Townsville Tropics show knows how, how well it's run, how much fun it is, how great an atmosphere. It's done in a, a convention center. It is just a fantastic show. And this was my first experience at that show. Um, and I decided to do three divisions. I did um, Novice. I must have done my weight. I'm trying to remember. I must have done my weight and I also did my height. So I did three divisions and I got obliterated. In every single division, I got creamed. I didn't get a call out. I didn't place top five in none of them. The fields were massive. The dudes were huge. And you know what? It was a good grounding experience for me. And the lesson I learned from that is that I wasn't, I wasn't disgruntled. I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't upset. Um, I wasn't pissed off. Oh, it just show, go. It just taught me how much more I had to learn and how much more I had to grow in order to be competitive on that level. Um, so I took it as a good thing. And remember, as I said at the start, I was using this journey as education for my own business that I was going to launch not long after. So I walked away from that experience positive. I really enjoyed the experience, and and that obviously goes down to the the um, the way it was run. And um, I think it was only a couple of days later when I was back in, in back home and I got a, a message from Scotty Piper, the ICN Tropics president, and he said to me, he messaged me and said, mate, what's your um, your post off, what's your mailing address? I've got a, I've got something to send you. And I thought, oh, okay, um, what I forget, what I leave behind. So I gave him the address and then a few days later, a parcel rocked up and it was a shield and the shield said most potential award. And I asked him about it and he said, mate, the judges at their discretion give one uh, award, this award to one person in the show that they believe has significant potential. And that was me. And I thought, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, the judges have given me this award based on my presentation, my um, ability, my condition, my effort, everything. So that just gave me more motivation to continue. So then we moved to ICN Brisbane, and this is still 2014, uh, 2015, excuse me, season eight. So it's a long season. It's nine-week season between all of the shows from start to finish. So it's a long, long season. So anyone that has done shows and a multiple multiple shows over a season knows how hard it is to hang on, particularly when there's a big gap between shows. A couple were back-to-back, -back, um, as was this one. So I moved on to Brisbane, and again, same result. I got crushed, creamed, smoked. Um, no call-outs, just huge, huge lineups. I think I remember one lineup. We were three deep. There were three line, lines of blokes. I think it was the novice lineup. Um, so much interest. And anyone who's done the Brisbane show will know it's a beast. It really is. Like, it's a, it's a baptism of fire. It is huge. It is popular. Um, it's got loud music. Jason on the MC is amazing. So the atmosphere is incredible. Backstage is just buzzing with activity. It is a big, big show. So I didn't, didn't place there and that was cool. That's fine. I had to hold on a couple more weeks because I then had the Asia Pacific titles on the Gold Coast to go. I committed all these shows prior and anyone who's a first timer knows how excited you are. So you do as many shows as you can, as many divisions as you can because you just you just want to experience it all. And by this stage, I was, I was pretty worn out, but 
I hung in tight. We went down to the Gold Coast. It was at Rabina, and I did the Asia Packs. Um, I did two divisions. I did Novice and Men's Open. Um, got smoked in Men's Open. Ironically, I went up against Leon in that division. He actually competed in a few of those shows, so I got an opportunity to stand on stage with him, which was a highlight for me. Um, and then in Men's Novice, I got fifth place. So, look... I, I took that season as, as I said, a learning experience, as an opportunity to learn um, all about all the different food I got to eat throughout that process, peaking, um, peak week in general, um, and then obviously um, the results as well. And I wasn't by any means disappointed by any of that experience. I really took a lot from it. And you know what? I was hungry for more. I got, it. I got to experience bodybuilding for the first time firsthand, natural bodybuilding, and I loved it. I loved the competitiveness. I loved the grind. I loved how tough it was. Um, I loved the com camaraderie between all the athletes. It was ne there was no egos. I never experienced any egos. Anyone thought they were better than anyone else. Even though the guys that won would come up and thank everybody else. Um, it was a great, great experience. And that was my first experience in the world of bodybuilding. So 2015. So I thought, right, I want to do this again. But I needed time. So I took some time out. I uh, trained like an animal, and lo and behold, uh, men's physique came along. So men's physique is a division where you wear board shorts, and you're basically judged on your upper body only. Now, to me, that seemed very uh, – it was actually suggested to me by Leon. It, it seemed very applicable because my legs – it was just going to take me years to develop quads and, and hammies and calves that were going to be competitive, um, given I'd never really spent any time – on them before so i thought right okay all right i can do this i can do men's physique so 2016 season a no excuse me 2016 season b we prepped for about 20 odd weeks i think it was and uh coffs harbor had a show and i thought right this is a great opportunity for me to just sneak down just me um my girlfriend and leon just for a weekend, do a show, come home. No no other people that we knew, very quiet, under the radar sort of approach. So prepped, was bringing in some really good condition and I obviously had to learn the posing because it was slightly different to bodybuilding. Um, and we went down there. It was a good little show. I did men's uh, 30 plus and men's open. And to this day, I... I still reckon, and this is by no means toot my own horn, but I still reckon I could have won that show. My condition was one of the best I've ever brought. I was bigger, I was thicker, I was denser, I was fuller, but my posing let me down. My posing was awful. And that's no one's fault but my own, and I take full responsibility for that because I just didn't put enough time into it. I didn't research it enough. I didn't spend enough time practicing. And, you know, I got two-fourths. And I know full well I could have placed a hell of a lot higher if not had one. So, I again, I took that as a learning experience. I spent a no, – actually, I had a couple of weeks before my next show, which was Townsville. And I really emphasized on my posing. I really spent some time on my posing um, because I, I needed to. It was as simple as that. I wanted to get better. I know I could have done better and that that kind of irked me and still irks me today because I haven't done that show again um, and I, I honestly would like to because I need to oh, there's some redemption there for me but anyway I then two weeks later went up to Townsville um, now they only had one division and that was men's open so I had a crack at that it was a big lineup it was a massive lineup and it was quality there were 16 blokes Obviously, they only placed top five. And I got into the call-out. So sometimes when it's a big lineup, they'll call individuals to the front of the stage who they're still trying to decide on in regards to placings. And it might be more than your top five. It might be six, seven, eight, nine. don't know. So I got in the call-out. I thought, oh, okay, cool. Fantastic. And I had to improve my posing. I felt a lot more comfortable with my posing. And then they called me for fifth place. And I was wrapped. I thought, yes, fantastic. I earned this. And... To this day, that is one of my best achievements because the caliber of athlete was high quality. The guys I was up against were high quality. One of them actually went on to win his pro card that season. So 
They were guns, and I was really proud and pumped to have placed fifth on that lineup. Given it was there was only one division, there was no opportunity to sort of warm up into it. So I was on a high. I then went to Brisbane, ICN Brisbane, had another crack at that in men's, in men's um, open, and I did um, 30 plus as well. The 30 plus, I jagged another fifth, and I was wrapped. I was stoked. Uh, men's open, I got a call out, but I didn't place. Fine, that's cool. I still got looked at. I know I need to be bigger. I need to be um, thicker, better. I know what I need to do, but I'll, I'll take a fifth at such a big show. So that was pretty, <coughs> excuse me, that was pretty cool. I had one more show to go, and I wanted to do this show purely based on experience, but there was a bit of strategy involved as well because it was the, the um, Brisbane Super Show, which was attached to the Brisbane Fitness Expo. So it was about three weeks later. And the reason I said I wanted to do this from a strategic point was that most people's season finish on the ICN Brisbane show. If there's anything that lingers after that with a gap, a lot of people don't want to hold on. And I thought, no, I can hold on. I can I can hang on three more weeks and have a crack at this show because I want to do another auditor- another open show that was in a hall. Um, and I, there, there was an opportunity to win pro cards at this show. I didn't think I was in that caliber, but I wanted to pull myself in that running anyway just to see where I was at on a big scale. Um, but my goal was top three. I really wanted to get a top three finish. I'd got a couple of fourths, a couple of fifths. I wanted a top three finish. So I did men's open and I did men's 30 plus. So I did the 30 plus first and I got called out and I finished with a third. And I went, yes, you beauty, I've achieved that goal. Excellent. Then did the opens. I was quietly confident and I got a fourth. And I'll take that because when I look back at the footage and the guys that won in that open class, man, they were they were on another level. And then I got to sit back and watch my good mate Jay Acharya take out a pro card in the men's open or the pro qualifier they had back then. Um, he qualified previously and it was just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, it was a great experience and that was the end of season B 2016 for me. So if you look back from the first season to the second season I competed, I had progressed. I had improved. Um, my condition was better. My, my physique was better. So I was still hungry. I was still hungry for more. I knew I had more in me and I'd learned a hell of a lot because the second prep compared to the first prep was completely different. It wasn't anywhere near as long. Um, the process was different. The food I was eating was different. Um, the protocols were different. So I knew I wanted more, but I, I, thought I had I wanted time out <laughs> but then there was a conversation so we were sitting back watching the show me and and um, my wife and Scotty Piper come up to us and we were chatting to him and he said oh guess what we're bringing a show to Gladstone next year in season eight and I looked at my uh, wife and I went oh wow Gladstone's only a couple of hours up the road from us well it's six hours but it's still drivable and the penny dropped and I thought, a new show, brand new show, new medals, new opportunity. Oh man, I kind of want to do this. So I gave myself a few weeks off just to get my head right and make sure I wasn't making a decision based on emotion. I talked to the wife and and we agreed, yep, let's do this. Let's do it. Season A, 2017, Gladstone, one-off show. That's it. No more. So I started prepping early January. Um, and I come in looking really, really good. So 2017, I come in looking really, really good. And by then, I was working as a personal trainer. So it was pretty tough. I had people aware that I was competing, um, but I had to hang on. I had to work. I had to work early hours, late nights, um, while I was very, very depleted. So it was a tough season. I really learned a lot about what, how far I could push during that. So we went up to Gladstone. Now, being a small show, they only had one division, men's open. That was it. And it was a lineup of nine. And I remember the guys I was up against, and some of them were phenomenal. They were really, really impressive. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And we went in the lineup, and they did a call-out. They did a top five call-out first. So they did that rather than six or seven. They just called out the top five in no particular order, and I was one of them. I thought, right, cool. Okay, I've made the podium. This is great. This is what I wanted. I wanted a new experience, a new show, a new venue, and I wanted to do well. Fifth was called. It wasn't my name. Fourth was called. Again, wasn't my name. Third was called. 
And again, it wasn't my name. And I was still standing there with this other guy, and I'm thinking, holy crap, I'm gonna, I could potentially win this. This was, this was my moment. I'm finally gonna win a show. And um, you know, Scotty was on the MC, and he was sort of talking it up a little bit. Um, and they reckon it was pretty close, but I got called a second. And that was the closest I'd been to winning a show. And looking back on the footage and getting feedback, it come down to our backs. And back, my back was one of my weakest. I've got kyphosis, so I've got rounded shoulders. So it's really hard for me to get into that very pleasing symmetrical position and, and get that nice taper and thickness. And this guy just had a thicker, better back. Um, I was more conditioned but he just had a better pleasing back, and that's what it come down to. And look, in the bodybuilding world, sometimes it comes down to the smallest things. One of my clients uh, last year got pinged because, um, and this is gonna sound very facetious, but got pinged because her the base of her glute lines were slightly different to the person who won. That's what it come down to. So. They have to look for the smaller things if they can't separate you, and that's what happened on this occasion. But you know what? I was wrapped with second. I was stoked. Brand new show. I got a second place. That's the highest placing that I had got, but I was still hungry. I still wanted more. I wasn't prepared to give in, and I would promised my wife that I was only going to do this show because she was going on to do Townsville um, a couple of weeks later. And I hummed and ah to myself and I thought, geez, I wonder if I should just, um, you know, have a quick chat to her and, 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 and ask if she wouldn't mind me doing Townsville because I know she wanted to do that. She wanted the focus on her and she didn't want me to be a distraction. And I kind of had a selfish moment and I asked her and she laughed and she said, I knew this was coming. And she messaged Leon and said, guess what, Paul just asked me. And reluctantly, she agreed and, and look, God bless her. I love her to death. And, you know, she was great if she was gracious enough to let me come along and do it too so after a couple of days off i was straight back into it and i dieted for nine days to get back down the stage weight and join her in town so i'm glad i did because it gave us an opportunity to compete together which as people know it's it's incredibly hard to do it on your own anyway but when you compete with someone else you're both relying on each other and when you're both dieting it is so damn hard to keep life functioning as normal so it was a great experience. We got some cool photos together. She killed it as she always does. And um, I got into the men's open. Again, one division, they only had men's open. It was a big lineup. I think it was about 12. And I got called out again, top five. Fifth place, wasn't me. Fourth place, wasn't me. Third place, Paul Hooper. So I got third. And you know what? I was pretty happy with that. But I was done. I was so done. I needed time out. I'd, at that stage, I was up to 20-something shows. I think it was 21 or 20. I can't remember. And I was done. I'd spent so much time dieting, so much time in a deficit. I just wanted to kick back. Uh, and I needed time to grow. I knew what I had to do to improve. So I was incredibly focused. But at the same time, I wanted to sort of spend more time with my kids, be able to go out to dinner, and just all the normal simple things that you do take for granted. So... I didn't pencil anything in, but I wanted at least two years. I needed that time to grow. And looking back on that two years, man, I was focused. Every time I trained, I trained like a machine. I was determined. I knew my weak points, shoulders, chest, upper chest. I needed a thicker back. I needed more defined abs. Um, my arms needed to be built up as well. So I really penciled in some decent training. And it was, on average, six days a week for two years. I went hard um now through that period too i was struggling to get my calories up I, I my body just wouldn't take any more food i think i was sitting around two 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 thousand two hundred cows and i couldn't get them any higher without putting on more weight so i spoke to leon about it and he, and he suggested trying keto so i thought oh why not i've never done it i want to try it again i take it as a learning experience another opportunity to learn another another tool in the belt and I did keto for six weeks. So the objective there was to reset my energy source. So rather than relying on carbs and glycogen for energy, I flipped it over to fat. Reset. And um, it was cool. It was a good experience. Um, I had the, the traditional or the typical keto fog. Um, but after that, I, got, I, I was pretty good. I felt pretty good. So I did it for six weeks. And then we flipped this back. And we jacked my cows right up. And it was a blessing in disguise because 
from 2,200, I got all the way up to 4,000. And that's a lot of food. When someone eats clean, that's a lot of food. Like 550 carbs is a lot of food. So this set me up. And this was late in 2018. And I thought, you know what? My food's really high. I'm feeling really good. My training's on point. I spoke to my wife and she was on board. And I thought, right, let's have a crack at 2019 season A. But let's be strategic about what shows. So I penciled in a handful of shows. They're all back to back. But then, last minute, ICN announced a Sunshine Coast show. And I knew this was coming because they'd asked me to scope some venues. So I knew this was coming. I just didn't know when. And they announced it as season A 2019. I thought, oh, crap. I can't do it because I know I'll be coaching people for it. And, and lo and behold, I did. I had a team of nine. So I had to work around it. And fortunately, the shows that I penciled in were ones that no one else wanted to do. So perfect. Okay, great. So the first show that I wanted to do was the Darling Downs Classic run by NBA. So that was out of Toowoomba. So it was a 14-week prep to that point. I lost 12 kilos in that period. Um, it was very aggressive, but I kind of accepted that because I didn't want to prolong the, the, the prep, the dieting period to the first show because I was very busy at that point. I was, I was in my own studio. I was running a very successful business, and I didn't want to take it any longer than it had to be. I really had to just get in and get it done. So I prepped down. We headed down to Toowoomba. Uh, small show, but a really cool show run by a newly formed federation, NBA. And I did men's masters and I did men's open. And guess what? I won men's masters and then I went on to win the open. And I thought, holy crap, this is awesome. I'm going to go into the overall here. So I was up against another bloke who'd won the intermediate lineup. And it was just me and him and the overall. Now, NBA, they don't have... In men's physique, they don't have um, muscularity poses. They only have quarter turns. So I thought, oh, geez, you know, I, I actually, I look pretty good when I do my muscular, muscularity because I'm pretty conditioned. But when I do my quarter turns, it's not as great. So I was, I was confident, but I wasn't at the same time. So we went out, did my thing, quarter turns. They spun us around again. They sent us to the back quarter turns from a distance. And then they did the call out. Well, they didn't do the call out. They basically announced the winner because there was only two of us. And it was me. And I'd won. I'd not only won a men's open lineup, but I'd won an overall. And that was the goal that I'd set myself for that season. The goal was to win something, anything. I just wanted to get a first place and to qualify to get into an overall. Those were the two goals I had going into that season. And I'd done it in the first show. So I was the overall men's physique champion for the Darling Downs Classic. I won, excuse me, my master's lineup. I won my men's open lineup and I won the overall. So three from three. I was wrapped. It was awesome. Great way to start. And in point of fact, I, I came in at about 85%. I wasn't 100% of where my condition needed to be and I knew that. So this was a warm-up show for me. Then I had to go on and, and try and get through the Sunshine Coast Classic with nine competitors while I was heavily depleted. That was a challenge in itself. 14-hour day, nine competitors doing multiple divisions back and forth between front stage and back stage. But I did it. Again, learning experience. Um, I know how tough it was, but I probably wouldn't do it again if I can avoid it. I then went on to Brisbane the following week where I was coaching again. Smaller team this time, not as many followed on. So um, I managed to get through that. And then it was my turn again. And we flew to Sydney for the City Nationals run by RCN. This was the national titles. There were pro cards on offer. Um, and I thought, right, this is going to bring the best of the best. RCN tends to bring a high caliber of athlete. It was in Sydney. So there was going to be a lot of um, New South Welshmen down there as well competing. I had no expectation. Uh, and looking back, out of all the shows I did in 2019, that was by far my best condition. My waist was tiny, my posing was on point, uh, my condition was unreal. But the only, oh no, look, I've, you know, I, I, I say I didn't do very well, but I did. I won Masters in a very small lineup and I got fifth in 30 plus. 
Um, I got smoked in the opens. The blokes were just huge. They were bodybuilders and shorts. And look, I'm not taking any away from anything away from that. I'm not disappointed. I'm not disgruntled. I'm not upset. Um, judges obviously had a clear um, definition of what they wanted in terms of their winners and their, their top places. So that's cool. Not a problem. Um, I certainly got looked at because I got moved to the middle on several occasions. So they were comparing me to others. And I think it was my condition. And I've got... I've developed that reputation within the industry for really strong conditioning. So that was good that I got looked at. And I'll, look, I'll take away that. I'll take away a first in a, in a oh, you know, men's masters and then um, a fifth in a 30-plus lineup from the Nationals. That's cool. But I wanted I wanted those open titles. Like you, Open is the creme de la creme of any bodybuilding division. First time as novice and, you know, your 30-pluses and that are nice because they give you an opportunity on a more level playing field. But when you go to open class, you're up against the best of the best. It could be 18 years old, it could be 40 years old, anywhere in between. They could have trained for 10 years before they stepped on stage. They could have, they could be a seasoned veteran and have competed in numerous shows. doesn't matter, but it's the best of the best. And that's where I wanted to, to, to compete. So again, I took a lot from that. The following weekend, we went to the NBA Oceana. So this was an international event held in Brisbane, and um, they were offering pro cards as well. So I was confident because I'd done so well in their Darling Downs Classic event. Um, and this was held in Logan in the Entertainment Center down there. Really cool venue, great venue, loved it. It was a great experience. So I did Men's Masters and I did Men's Open. I won my Masters again. Now, Masters was 35 plus, not 40 plus. So it gave guys that were slightly younger than me, so in their late 30s, an opportunity. But I was, I was pretty pumped that I won it, and that put me into an overall. Then I went into the Opens against a couple other guys. So it was smaller lineups, and I won that. And I thought, hang on a second. I've won Masters. I've won Opens. The only guy I'm up against is the guy that won Intermediate. So there's going to be two of us in the overall vine for a pro card and an overall title. That's a 50-50 shot. Shit, I'm in a real good position here, and I was quietly confident. Like... I knew, and again, NBA, it's only quarter turns. They they allow a um, posing routine at the start. So you walk out, do a posing routine. So you can do three poses, three muscularity poses. So I obviously did my three preferred ones. And then you do your your quarter turns. And I just didn't know. Because the other guy I was up against was, he had an amazing physique. He was a lot shorter than me, but he had an amazing physique. And I thought, oh, geez, this is going to be tight. This is really going to be tight. So we did our thing. I did. Uh, I come out second. I did my quarter turns. He did his quarter turns. Um, they spun us around a couple of times. So clearly they were trying. They were. Hard, it was hard to make a decision. And then they put us on the back line, and they announced the winner. Now, for anyone who has seen this footage, um, I love the footage because you can hear my coach Leon and my wife talking before the announcement is made. And Leon asked Monty. How nervous are you right now, Monty? She goes, oh, my God. She, I can't remember. I can't paraphrase. I can't remember exactly what was said, but she she was clearly nervous and on the edge of a seat, as was Leon, for my success um, because they'd been along this journey the entire time. Like, this was, you know, show no, or time on stage number 28 or 29. So, and it was five years in the making, this moment. So, they deliberated. MC had the results. And typical, as every build-up to every announcement of every um, award in the world is given, there's that momentary pause. And they said, the winner of the Mr. Oceana physique overall title goes to Paul Hooper. And I just let out the most loudest scream. Like, it was just all the weight was off my shoulders. I had three clients in the crowd cheering me on. My wife was there. My coach was there. And it was just a build-up of five years of hard work to get to this point where I was announced as the overall winner, a Mr. Oceana title, and new NBA men's physique pro athlete. And, yeah, it's, it's a hard feeling to explain. I was just so over the moon. I was emotional. I was pumped. I couldn't believe it. Um... It's, it's a moment that'll stick with me for the rest of my life because I put so much time and effort and sacrifice into getting to that point. 
And at the age of 41, I was named a professional athlete. I never thought I'd see the day where that was possible. So I got this big, massive trophy. I obviously got a pro card. I won a big prize pack as well. So that then enabled me to compete as a professional athlete on a natural bodybuilding stage in the future in men's physique. But I still had one show to go. The following weekend, I'd committed to an INBA national show, which also was a pro qualifier. So I couldn't kick back and relax and celebrate. I had to put my head into the sand or put my head down, bum up, and dig in for another week. Um, But you know what? I was so excited. The weight was off my shoulders, and I just rode the final peak week on a high because all the pressure was off. All my goals were achieved. When I won the overall title um, at the Darling Downs Classic, I'd checked the first two goals, the, the only two goals I had for that season, which was to win it, get first place, and to make an overall, just to qualify into an overall. So I had to reset my goals for the rest of the season. So the next thing was to be competitive in an overall and potentially put myself in the running for a pro card. And I knocked that on the head too. So I had no more goals to achieve. So I went into INBA completely relaxed stress-free, no anxiety about the result, nothing like that. We went down to Brisbane, great little venue. Um, Leon had some other competitors there as well. So I did my thing. I went into men's masters and I did the men's open. I won the masters. um, And then I went up against, uh, what was it, three other guys in men's open. And I won that as well. And I was just on such a high. And the good thing about, well, the different thing about IMBA is that they only award pro cards on judges' discretion. So if the judges deem the athlete worthy enough, you know, if they meet that criteria and meet that caliber that they want in their pro ranks, they will offer them a pro card. And when I was on the podium accepting, I got a sword for first place, which is cool. It still sits on the wall in my gym today. Um, the president of INBA Australia came up to me and and basically handed me the pro card, and, he, and then he asked me some questions, and I was just, I could, I could, there's some video of me, and I couldn't answer because I was blown away. The fact that two weeks in a row, I had won two pro cards. It was an amazing experience, and to this day, one of the highlights of my life because sitting back after that and waiting, we sort of sat at the back of the auditorium and watched the other, other guys compete. I was sort of taking it all in and sitting back and looking back at, the journey that I'd undertaken from 2014 as a skinny bodybuilder to 2019 achieving professional status at age 41. Now that was that was unreal, um, and it just made me appreciate the fact that it's never too late. It really is never too late. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Anything is achievable if you set your mind to it and you chase your goals and you're driven and you're committed and you're passionate and i really reflected in that moment i did a big long post um and that season was incredibly successful from 11 starts i got nine wins three overall titles and two pro cards so you know it was just an amazing amazing time um and I often joke because prior to that season, my wife had cleaned up a few times and won a couple of um, first places and she'd won a few crowns and things like that. And she always gave it to me because I was always a bridesmaid, but never the bride in terms of my competitive um, uh, sport uh, until this season where I clean swept everything. And now <laughs> she doesn't give me as much grief about that anyway. But um, yeah, on reflection, I really was grateful for the opportunity. I was really grateful for the support. I was really grateful for the fact that I had such an amazing client base that supported me as well because everyone knew I was pushing hard. You know, anyone who's competed knows how hard it is in those final six weeks, how drained you are, how tired you are, how emotional you are, how hungry you are. And I was working big days. I was getting up early, finishing late, um, and then obviously had kids on the weekend. So it was it was a tough period of time. But I was really, really driven, so I pushed through it well. And you learn a lot from uh, from those sort of experiences where you test your mental fortitude. And I was able to do that and push through. And look, you know, before the the seasons that season started, I didn't have an expectation or I didn't want um, a pro card 
you know, I didn't want to receive, well, it's not that I didn't want it, it's that I didn't expect to get it. My ambition was just to win something and I far exceeded that expectation. So everything worked to plan. It was by far the best prep I'd ever done. It was aggressive by nature, but it worked really well for me. Um, it was the cleanest. I didn't cheat. I didn't stray from the plan. I trained really well. Everything was on point. So every stone was unturned in that process. I didn't leave anything um, to chance, and I had no regrets about that season whatsoever. So I was wrapped. I really was. And now we're obviously, you know, um, August 2020. So we're well over 12 months since that date, and it's still a highlight for me. So now I hold two pro cards, and which gives me the opportunity to compete as professionals in those two federations. So it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of competitors, they get to that pro status, they win their pro card, and that's it. You never hear or see from them again, um, because I think to a lot of people, that's the end game, where for me, the end game is to compete in a pro lineup, because, excuse me, pro cards, you can hold a pro card forever. So... When you go into a pro lineup, you're competing against professional athletes that have been competing for years and years and years. So it's not just a pro qualifier for that event for that day or someone from that year. It is from 10 years ago. It is from five years ago. It is people that have earned their pro card that same night. Um, so it is the best of the best of the best. And I want to have a go at that. I really want to have a crack at that opportunity. Not only is that a, a thrilling concept for me, but also there's the opportunity to win money. Um, not a lot of it. Like, you're never going to make a living in this sport at all. In fact, you make a loss because it is an incredibly expensive sport. And if anyone wants to learn more about it, what's involved, I did a podcast. I think it was episode two or three. Um, is contest prep right for you? And I go into great detail about what's required. So have a listen to that. But for me to win some money and just put the icing on the cake in terms of um, a pro lineup would be great. I'm not saying I will win. I know how many great pro athletes are out there that are sort of working tirelessly behind the scenes, building their physiques up to one day step on stage when they feel they're ready. So for me, it's going to be a little while yet. I know what improvements I need to make. And given I'm at my, I'm at 42 years of old now, 42 years of age now, um, I'm almost at my um, genetic potential in terms of muscular development. So I've really got to push that extra 1% every time I train to ensure that I'm getting the most out of my body because everyone reaches that peak at some stage in their natural bodybuilding career where you're not going to grow any much further in terms of size. You can improve your muscle density, you can improve your muscle quality, but size can become quite difficult to achieve when you've been training for a long time. So I've been training seriously now for five or six years and the changes I'm currently making are quite minimal, but that's not stopping me. That is not stopping me. So that's my story, guys. That is my story to professional status, to professional athlete, and it just goes to show it's never too late. At 41 years of age, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd become a professional athlete in any sport anywhere in the world. You know, I was a keen rugby player when I was younger and I wanted to actually pursue that as a professional. I didn't know the, the pathways to do that, so I kind of threw it away before I had an opportunity to pursue that. I didn't know, but with correct guidance and support, I was able to pursue this dream in the world of natural bodybuilding. And today, to this day, it's still an incredible highlight of mine that I cherish with open arms, incredibly grateful for the support I had along that way. And I'm, I'm really eager to do it again. I'm not, I'm not eager to diet anytime soon because that is hard, man. Dieting is hard work to get to that level and that condition. But I know deep down I have what it takes to do it. I'm not a complainer. I'm a grinder. Um, so I will do it when the time is right. For now, it's just about training hard, supporting all my great clients, working my business, being a great father, great husband, and one day in the not too distant future, because obviously I am getting on in age, I, I want to have a crack at that pro lineup and, and see how I go. And you know, the other goal I've got now, besides competing in a pro lineup, is to compete internationally. Um, having a pro card in two federations gives me that opportunity, but 
more so for the fact I want to learn about dieting and travel. What does a plane ride, like a 14-hour plane ride, do to the body when you're incredibly lean? I want to learn that because um, as I progress in my career as a coach, um, I'm sure I'll have competitors that want to go overseas. So I want to know what what variables I'm dealing with when someone gets on a plane that's lean. You know, are they going to get watery? Do they need to drink more? You know, what's the air pressure going to do to the body over a long period of time? So that's another thing I want to do. And obviously compete on an international stage as well would be very cool. So that's my story, guys. Again, it's never too late. And the speech I gave in India covered not only that story, but also the one about me becoming a personal trainer at the age of 35. Um, so again, I changed careers late. I became a professional athlete late. But you know what? For me, it's, I'm just getting started. There's so much more potential out there for me to achieve, so many more goals for me to achieve, and I can't wait to do them. I am pumped about what life lies ahead in front of me. I really am. So that's it. Never give in. Always stay committed. Keep your goals in check. Always stay driven. Do all the one percenters, all the little things. The little things add up to a big thing, and the big thing generally is the goal you want to achieve. So thank you for tuning in once again, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of the others, please hit subscribe and also screenshot the podcast and share it on your stories, tagging myself at Paul's Body Engineering. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day. Bye.